Welcome to Trips Down Memory Lane of Low Code. Two years ago, using the camera of my mobile phone and an app was an emerging technology. And there's so much more stuff coming. Back when MySpace was still a thing, I taught myself HTML and CSS so that I could make my own layouts because, of course, I wanted something completely different from everyone else. If you look back at the history, now, if you're new to our show, you have entered a nano series of three episodes where I talk to Mendix product marketing manager, Dina Derutlik, and we'll talk all about low-code. If you still don't know what low-code is, you can catch up with the two episodes directly before this one. Hey, Dina, good to have you on the show again. It's our final episode together, it looks like. Oh, I know. Time flies when you're having a great time. I have a feeling we're going to get a little bit nostalgic with this episode because for the last episode of our series, we'll look at low code and how it's used in manufacturing. But we'll also be talking about how Siemens first adopted Mendix. And of course, we'll bring in the words of wisdom from your colleagues, Erno Rarive and Jacob Schellinger, who spoke to you before the program. Are you ready? I'm ready. Now, the one thing we haven't talked yet about, Dina, is how Mendix actually works together with Siemens. So seeing as this is a Siemens podcast... Let's shed a little bit more light on their history. How did Siemens acquire Mendix and what's their how they met story? Tell me about the meet cute. <laughs> sure. To run with that analogy, I'd say their origin story was a match made in heaven. <laughs> well, listen up, modern love. <laughs> this really is a modern, high-tech, low-code kind of love. Siemens acquired Mendix and the platform is now part of the digital industry software portfolio, or DISW for short. What DISW is set to do is help organizations transform into digital enterprises. Essentially, that means that everyone involved in digitalization processes can share data and collaborate all the way through design, manufacturing, and deployment. Okay, for us non-Cody people like myself, what does this look like in practice? <laughs> well, manufacturing companies need to provide a level of connectivity on various fronts, like the company needs to work alongside its suppliers and various internal teams need to be able to connect with one another so they know what's going on and they know what's going on on the shop floor. Now, there's several ways that you could go about building a network within which they could all kind of work together. Deploying a digital twin is one. I understand the two of you have met before. <laughs> yeah, on some occasions, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the digital twin gives the latest real-time information for what's working and what could be made more efficient. It bridges the gap between physical and digital. With low-code, folks can see all the connected information across the organization, and better yet, they can help build it, even if they don't have a coding background. I'll pass it over to Jacob to dive a little bit deeper. The digital twin is something different for every customer of Siemens Digital Industry Software, depending on how you operate, what kind of products you get out. So, for example, if you are a company that manufactures made-to-order parts, the engineering of those made-to-order parts, let them be complex made-to-order parts, is in focus for the company. So the digital twin will have a focus on the virtual product. And for example, Mendix could add to, to the, to the virtual product environment with a engineering supplier integration that allows you to reach out to your suppliers that do some parts of the engineering process and exchange orders and engineering results with them that directly integrate into your team center environment and maybe push NX information back and forth. 
A company like this might also be invested in virtual production, but also if you are a variant manufacturer, managing the virtual production part of the digital twin might be very important with, with tools like, like Technomatics plant simulation, allowing you to, to digital, um, to, to simulate how your factory floor looks like, how you can make quick changes to the factory floor, or, or simulation tools that show you how workers can interact with a part, with a working cell. And in this environment, Mendix um, is already seen as a, a possible cockpit environment to integrate different parts of the engineering process with each other in a very specific way. So essentially, Dina, what Mendix does is it empowers domain experts to become what you call citizen developers. Is that correct? Exactly. Without visual development, you'd have to build the interaction by writing lines of code. And who wants to do that? <laughs> In low coding, you can just ask your, your process experts to chime in into the integration um, you know, creation process and, and creating a user interface layer on top of that. DISW is helping organizations achieve the digital twin with products that support and manage the product lifecycle. However, as with most cases, there's room for personalization, right? Especially in the competitive nature we're in. And that's where Mendex comes in. With Mendex, users can co-create solutions with professional IT developers and create applications that integrate key products and capabilities, such as the product lifecycle management solutions that you're all familiar with. But it's not just a glorified dashboard. It's more like a resource that supports data-driven action. Like delivering mobile applications that can even go offline to bring electronic work instructions um, to the field that were earlier created in the virtual production part of the digital twin or deliver quality management applications that are very important offline, for example, if you are a shipbuilder and uh, you go into the belly of the beast, which is a huge amount of steel with no Wi-Fi connection available. And if you want to do quality inspection in there, you better have a mobile app uh, that is offline capable for that. So you can get out of the ship again and then push all the information you collected, maybe even with taking pictures with the camera and, and push that back to the virtual product department so they can assess faults. And here's the important part, which, which hooked me up with Mendix so much. I can do camera integration in a Mendix app. And uh, I'm a mechanical engineer. That's a very important point. I can do iOS camera integration in Mendix, and it's really not that hard. Integration is the key word here. We can create solutions that incorporate data from other products and systems to bring it all together and most importantly, bring everyone in the process together. So Dina, literally anyone and everyone can build and improve without needing to know a single line of coding. Absolutely. In practice, what we're doing is we are building low-code developer capabilities on these products. So let's take Team Center. Team Center team then provides what we call a connector, and a connector basically enables Team Center to be part of the low-code experience. With such a connector, you now can drag and drop data entities or your BOM information into an application connected to other points of your data, which could be ERP data, which could be design data, and build your process or your use cases on top of that uh, using Mendix. So instead of that, you have to go through traditional APIs and do SOAP and REST and all that kind of nasty stuff. We actually do drag and drop experience on top of these products as well. 
you just pick up an asset type, which is represents a piece of data around around an IT stream, and you drag that in your application, and you can use the data and put a time series graph on your display and start visualizing that data, and so on. So this is my view on on, on Mendix can extend the digital twin. And if you think of all the options, you then have to, to integrate solutions that are not part of the standard digital twin thinking, especially ERP is very important for that. I had many requests considering doing calculations based on the digital twin. This was always something that was a bit challenging from a purely engineering-focused system because it doesn't have the calculation numbers inside. And with Mendix, that is just... Um, a low-coding app away. Pull in the data, the calculation data from ERP, and do your calculation or do it the other way around. Send engineering bill of materials to, to ERP and do the calculation of, based on data that is an ERP. And then also integrating all those emerging technologies. Two years ago, using the camera of my mobile phone and an app was an emerging technology. And there's so much more stuff coming. So the role of Mendix in the Siemens portfolio is to help address manufacturing challenges through collaboration, integration, and so much more. Helping people and things talk to each other. It's what we're talking about in the last episode. Mendix helps organizations drive end solutions, and it kind of delimits their imagination to what solutions are possible. Ooh, I like that. I guess you could call it imaginative thinking. It really is vital for any company because it defines what makes them them or what makes you you. That's pretty powerful stuff. Mendix sounds like such an active platform. It really is. And Mendix World is a great place to hear more about the latest and greatest that's brought to you by the platform. Last September, there were some pretty cool announcements around upcoming app services, platform capabilities, and industrial solutions. Erno captures it really well. The next evolution of the Mendix journey is actually to drive more solutions. And I think we're now in a phase where we have opened up our platform to build solutions, repeatable solutions, which even can be sold via our platform. And as our CEO, Derek Rose, has, has announced, we have launched our, our ISV model, a model which makes it possible to use Mendix to build solutions and sell them. And there is also a startup package for startup companies which can start with Mendix on a phased approach without any pre-investment requirements. So a lot of things are happening to go through this next level of platform economy, which is our, our direction. Developing solutions that continue to support Mendix makers is 100% of our focus. And another piece which we have launched doing Mendix World, which is a product which we call Data Hub. Data Hub is basically the on data integration, also a next evolution where we allow developers to easier find data. So not have to search for data, but find data easier, which they can use and dechromatize the data integration of your company. So not bring that to a central team where you always have to knock on the door as, hey, I want to get access to this data. Now make that broadly available for every developer in your company, even what we call the citizen developer, which is maybe in the line of business, for them to use data to build new experiences. Now, and that's what data is going to provide. That is also being announced during Mendix World. So a lot of new stuff is, is happening. Ah, Mendix World. It sounds magical. Sorry, I wasn't there. 
Oh, I wish you were there too, but you can watch the playback at mendixworld.com or better yet, join us this year. In September, we're making another splash with exciting updates and new announcements around capabilities. I really recommend Mendix World to anyone who's curious about Mendix and what they could do with the platform for their organization right now. What got you into Mendix, Dana? (laughs) Well, long story short, I've always been interested in development. When I was younger, back when MySpace was still a thing, I taught myself HTML and CSS so that I could make my own layouts because, of course, I wanted something completely different from everyone else. Like, I know this sounds a little bit cheesy, but I had a solution, if you will. And in my mind, there was a steep learning curve to get past it in order to kind of execute on it. So this is where technologies like Mendex would have been great to have, right? You have a solution and you know what you want to build. Now, you have the tools to do it. And that's essentially what brought me to Mendex. I bet, because not all of us want to moonlight as developers, right? (laughs) Exactly. Not everyone's still reminiscing about their groovy MySpace layout. (laughs) So value first, essentially. I think this capability is also the reason why Siemens acquired us. Now, I'm coming from a place of genuine enthusiasm, but it still blows my mind to see how simple it is to drag and drop so many different capabilities into Mendex, Ginny. I don't need to be an integration specialist. I can easily use them in my Mendix environment before I develop the solution I've cooked up in my head. It's like your childhood dream come true. Oh my gosh, it really is great. Well, let's start talking about how and where someone can start. You want to design an app on Mendix? I might just have an idea. Well, then I recommend starting small because you can experiment more that way. Erno and Jacob have a lot to say about this. I always have this mindset of... of you should at least have played and tried to build an app once with Mendix. And there is no reason not to do it. As of, I created just a new app this morning. And for me, it's like, hey, I have some eagerness and I, uh, my, my hands are, are tickling to do something. And then I just build a Mendix app. And I think that's something, if you have played with it and you have seen the, uh, the capabilities, then becomes part of your portfolio. Oh, that's an easy thing to do. Let's build it. And uh, yeah, so I can only encourage everyone to just play with it and see what they can invent. I would even go a bit beyond that. Give Mendix a try for sure. Also try out the the free training material. In in my opinion, what Mendix offers as free training in in the academy after, after you sign up for free on the platform is a benchmark for online training. And you can become a very knowledgeable Mendix developer by just doing free online courses. And as Mendix is that integrated platform, it gives you complete access to all the product delivery steps. So you have really no hurdle and no installation effort at all to take an app from ideation through creation, prototyping, and a deployment for other people to use. And there's no paywall up to that point. You um, you can create a complete application. You can learn how to do that, which makes Mendix ideal for people who want to try out digitalization themselves, but they don't have the four years to study informatics. And then if you, if you want to scale that up to the needs of the business, then try to start maybe not as large as you can envision. Make your first projects lower in complexity and try to do those that have a certain visibility and a good mix of low complexity and and high visibility because that will be the easiest showcase 
that can help you to put everything on a visualization level that gets interest in, in your organization. There's so much more you can explore online. We mentioned Mendix World, but there's also a ton of resources you can watch and read. You can enroll in the Mendix Academy, or if you have more time and you want to get more hands-on, you can dive right in and try Mendix for free. What are the chances of me getting to Erno's level? Well, Erno uses it every day and has so many years of experience behind him, but anything is possible. I think anyone who has a real interest in becoming a low-code developer could get to Erno's level and build their own applications very quickly. Waldina, thanks so much for the words of encouragement, and it was awesome to have you here for this final episode in our three-part nano series on low-code. You've been a superb guest slash co-host. As my co-host for the last three episodes, do you want to take the floor for our outro? Oh my gosh, I'll give it a shot, but I do think I have some pretty big shoes to fill. <clears throat> Let's see what you can do, Dean. Thank you so much for joining us today at Where Today Meets Tomorrow. For more about how to get into low code and Mendex, just head over to our show's notes on your favorite podcast player. This is the final part of our nano series on low code. If you missed any, you'll find them directly before this one on the Where Today Meets Tomorrow podcast. The series may have come to an end, but the Mendex team and I will be back very soon on the same podcast with more about low code. <laughs>